it is Adam. Welcome back to Bringing It Backwards, a podcast where both legendary and rising artists tell their own personal stories of how they achieve stardom. On this episode, we had a chance to chat with Nathan and Bobby of the band Motherfolk over Zoom video. Nathan was born and raised in Kentucky, and Bobby was born in Chicago and moved to Kentucky when he was a junior in high school. Both Nathan and Bobby talk about how they got into music. They met while attending the same high school, and then they ended up going to college together, and that's where the band Motherfolk formed. They started off in different bands and were playing in youth, youth group together and working on songs of their own and eventually got together and were like, you know, let's just start writing songs from scratch together, and that's what became Motherfolk. They talk about going to Nashville to record that first record. They told us some stories from those first DIY tours and all about their brand new EP called The Flower. You can watch the interview with Nathan and Bobby on our Facebook page and YouTube channel at Bringing It Backwards. It'd be awesome if you subscribe to our channel, like us on Facebook, follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok at Bringing Back Pod. And if you're an Amazon shopper, a portion of your everyday purchases will help support our podcast with just a few clicks. It's super easy please head over to our website, bringingitbackwards.com and click on Amazon each time you begin your purchases. Those few extra clicks will help keep our mission of providing a platform for both legendary and rising artists to tell their personal stories on how they achieve stardom so that all artists and music enthusiasts have access to meaningful and memorable advice that will help inspire their own musical journeys. To recap, please head over to bringingitbackwards.com and click on Amazon before you make each and every purchase because a portion of that purchase will add up in a big way to help support our mission. Thank you so much. We'd appreciate your support if you follow and subscribe to our podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. We're bringing it backwards with mother folk. Um, this podcast is about you guys and your journey in music and we'll talk about uh, the new EP you just put out, The Flower. Cool. Sweet. I love the artwork for the, the, the cover for that. Like the guy yeah. with the bees all over his face. Yeah, it's a woman how, actually. Oh, a woman? A woman with bees. <laughs> it's hard to tell. It's just so yeah, many bees. Yeah. <laughs> how, was that like a photograph that you guys had, had found or? We took it. You took uh, that? Yeah. yeah. We So like we knew we wanted that imagery for this album. And so we found this lady up in akron ohio who's a beekeeper and uh is really into they call it bee bearding when you cover okay. bees like that and so we went up and we did like a photo shoot with her um first where like we covered some objects and bees and kind of did some promo pics we got our hands too around those yeah and she let us cover our hands and bees and it everything fun. it was awesome and then we came up a second time we we asked her we would you cover your head and bees for our album art and she was like yeah <laughs> no oh, question wow yeah that she, is so crazy she's done it before she's done stuff like that for i think for her pregnancy for she took some pictures yeah she did like a maternity, maternity shoot thing covered yeah. in bees it was awesome her name's that is uh, crazy emily emily mueller Mueller, yeah. mueller bee farm up in akron is there wow i'm but, allergic to bees so i look at that and i'm like oh my gosh this is terrifying <laughs> Yeah, I, I was too. Um, I think I realized through that process, I'm more so afraid of like hornets and wasps than I am. Oh, yeah. Honeybees. honeybees are actually pretty chill as mm -hmm. as long as you're not like killing them and freaking out. They uh, we didn't get stung at all when we had our hands covered. 
I really? Think, yeah. I think she got stung once during that photo shoot, but she does it all the time. So she was just kind of like, ow, I got stung. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so she doesn't even, she's just like immune to it? Yeah. Pretty much. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I saw that. I, I was wondering if it was real, but damn, yeah. that's crazy. Yeah. That is crazy. Um, well, awesome. So that was in Akron. Are you got where are you guys from? Are you from Ohio? We claim Cincinnati. Okay. Uh, me and Bobby actually live on the Kentucky side of the river, but you know, we're like three miles from downtown Cincinnati. So same thing. Oh, right on, right on. Yeah. Did you guys grow up together? Kind of not really. We, uh, I, I actually grew up, um, in Chicago and Nate, Oh, you're going to put a hat on. Yeah. I feel like I should. Have a hat. Yeah. You should probably have a hat on. Uh, oh, nice top gun. Yeah. Well, we're <laughs> in my house right now. So he gets his hat. Yeah. Technically oh. my hat. But, uh, <laughs> No, um, I grew up in Chicago and then we kind of met um, in high school. Uh, I ended up moving to Maysville, Kentucky, which is like not a big deal, uh, literally. Um, but it's uh, about an hour away from Cincinnati area. And that's where uh, you grew up for some of your time. And that's where we intersected and we ended up going to school together. Uh, after that, we went to college. and. Um, we didn't really connect until we went to college. I think we were first like proximity friends um, since we knew each other from high school. And mm -hmm. then that blossomed into um, rooming together and then eventually writing songs together. Right on. So you, you moved to K Kentucky in high school, is that what you said? Yeah, so my junior okay. year at high school, uh, oh. I moved. Uh, was that a bummer? I bet that was probably yeah. a bummer. You know, it kind of was a bummer. Um, <laughs> I'm 30 now, so I'm pretty over it, but okay. it had some time. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't have kids, but I can't imagine pulling them out of school and being like, well, we're going to move to this place, you know, away from everything, you know, in Chicago. Well, I, and I was in the suburbs of Chicago, but still there was, you know, stuff open past, mm -hmm. you know, nine o'clock and stuff, but uh, yeah. And then rural Kentucky. Um, but you know what? It was awesome. There are good people everywhere. So it was, I ended up making a lot of friends really quickly and being popular too. You were nice. popular right away. I was popular right away. <laughs> well, you're the new kid from, from, from uh, Chicago. I think you said this once. It was like, it was the fact that I was new and that I'm like kind of good looking, especially back then. Like <laughs> yeah. I was really good looking back then. Yes. And, and to come to rural Kentucky. Yeah. You don't get that a lot. Yeah. You know? Just big fish in a very new small. New kids are usually kind of ugly. <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> uh, that's so I don't know. what about you nathan were you born and raised uh in kentucky um i was born in kentucky and then when i was five my family moved to montana okay. and um i think just because they wanted to live somewhere different um so we lived there until i was about 12 or 13 and then we moved back to kentucky um to maysville where Bobby ended up moving. Okay. Very cool. Yeah. And when did you guys get into music? Like, were, like how young are you when you started getting into music? Um, I picked up a guitar when I was really pretty young, like around like 10 or something, but mm -hmm. didn't really start playing it seriously until I was 16. Um, we were both kind of involved in the youth group, which was... Mm -hmm for better or for worse uh just the way that we 
or that I personally got introduced to music and having my own band and stuff like that. And it was a good tool for then to really like learn how to play with people. But you had a slightly different yeah, I got entrance into it. I think I started really trying to learn to play guitar in uh, like eighth grade mm-hmm. when I discovered Warp Tour and like oh, punk sure. rock and stuff. Uh-huh. So that was my entryway into music. Um, but yeah, eventually kind of in high school, we both intersected playing uh, playing youth group gigs together. <laughs> <laughs> I've heard talked to a lot of artists that have got into music through the church or through youth. Dude, group. They I mean, just they, where a lot of artists cut their teeth. I feel yeah, like honestly, yeah. when you're when you're a musician, just in any size town, you know, you all you want is somewhere to play, mm-hmm. and that's usually kind of the easy way in. Yeah, um, and you usually have an audience, right? Especially yeah. if you're in like the church band. I mean, you're playing. Yeah, for sure. I mean, it may not be the audience, a crowd, want, but like it's it's one. <laughs> it actually is yeah it's great it's like for all the problems and and we're not super religious anymore but it, for all of the issues that the church has it is cool that like we both found a space in one because i feel like we're both very different and maybe not totally always suited for what well, i don't know and yeah. we weren't good either like that's yeah. the other <laughs> thing about churches too is that like i feel They're forgiving <laughs> <laughs> well, especially be, yeah. in in towns the size that we grew up to we grew up in uh they just always need musicians too because there's not many of them mm-hmm. so it's kind of just like what there was no tryout yeah. process it was just no. like you say you can play guitar all right oh yeah awesome yeah <laughs> uh, well awesome's really good at drums <laughs> yeah. that's awesome um so did you guys start writing music together in high school or that came later I came in college. Okay. Um, Were you both in bands aside from the youth group? Yeah, I I was in bands in high school trying to do the sort of warp tour scene and stuff. Mm-hmm. And then um Bobby was in, involved in like church music and youth group, but took it pretty, you know, more seriously than other people did. Like you had your own like worship band mm-hmm. uh, that I was in for a little bit. Yeah. Too. Cool. Yeah, yeah. I, I took that very seriously because I wanted to actually go into it vocational wise and and try to make a a life out of that. And that's what led us both to go to. Well, I don't know why, but we went to Kentucky Christian University. It's a darker, darker point in our period uh, in our life period <laughs> time at, at that period of time. It's a darker point where we went um and it was fine it it really like taught us to like kind of join together and um start to write songs together that were a little bit different but that's kind of what we wanted to do was um like eventually go into a whole life of ministry and i think once once uh i think once you go to a place like that you're you're either really gung-ho on the other side of it like once you graduate you you were just more strengthened and more assured in that place, but you can also go the route we went where we were just very discouraged and we didn't like it. And it wasn't really what we had imagined it would be. So I think we found each other and started writing songs about um, doubt, I guess, and just like our doubts of maybe God, but also just like of ourselves, you know? Um, So, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think 
like at that point too, we were both taking other bands seriously and didn't really want to pursue this until we started like recording some things and we were both like this is better than anything else we're doing so let's yeah. just let's go all in here yeah i mean we would just sit in a okay. room like this in like our dorm room or something and we would just bounce songs off of each other and it started more like that it started more like a thing where we were wanting to I mean, in my view, it was more, would you say like, it was just like wanting to improve my songs and like, maybe you wanted to improve your song and stuff like for that sure. at and, the beginning for sure. Yeah. And then like, um, I think, it, you know, mother folk really started was when we started writing songs together from scratch, we would go out to, yeah. uh, there was a spot we had at the local lake that we'd go out <laughs> to and we just kind of start strumming some chords and figuring stuff out. Yeah, for sure. Okay. And then yeah. that became starting from scratch became what, what, what became Motherfolk. Yeah. Eventually so. we had the opportunity um, to like take some songs to Nashville with this dude who was starting a studio there. And we were kind of all just starting out together and we recorded an album with him and that ended up being our first self-titled album. Um, and that was when we were like, yeah, we could, we could actually give this a go. Yeah. Did you guys finish school or, or did this kind of take over in, in place of it? We did finish online. Yeah. yeah. Well, uh, so like okay. we, we were doing a lot of different things, but it was mainly like we would go down to Nashville for what, like two days or like a weekend yeah. and try to finish like kind of insane. Like we would try to finish a song a day. And like, so hopefully we get like two songs done by the end of like a weekend. And at that point we were still paying for it ourselves and stuff um but we did like we kind of did that for what like the whole first album was just different trips down yep and then once and by the way like at that point we're still in school um and then by the time we started touring it became abundantly clear that like okay i need to quit my job maybe because i was still i was working at a church at that point and um mm -hmm. i essentially told all of my a couple of my professors that like that weren't offering online classes i was like i'm gonna take your class remotely and they're like i don't offer <laughs> this class remotely and i'd be like well i'm gonna do it <laughs> and, and they're like now okay. you do <laughs> so they they actually played ball so i i should be grateful for that um that was the benefits of going to such a small college yeah it was like they didn't true. really have an extensive online program but we were just like we're not gonna be here so like yeah <laughs> can we figure something out yeah so we would just find wi-fi sure. whenever we could and finish in hand in assignments when we were on the road we would there's that first year of touring i remember multiple days where we would just spend the first four hours at a mcdonald's yeah just using the wi-fi and like turning in assignments and writing papers yep <laughs> wow that's funny well so did you you had the record done and you how did the tour come about was it something you're like you know we the only way to get this thing in front of people is to, to tour and you just kind of went yeah. from there or did somebody back you right away or um we did it ourselves right yeah, at first um yeah we did a, like a good solid year of just diy tours that i booked and we played some really cool shows we played some really weird 
shows and had some odd situations. They're character building moments. For sure. <laughs> um, yeah, and that was kind of our mentality. Like, that was 2015. So, like, I mean, obviously, mm-hmm. Spotify and the internet were big. But um, I feel like with bands, the mentality was still, like, just get on the road and get it in front of people. And that's what we did. Yeah. Um, and then eventually, I think a year into it, we got, like, a better an actual booking agent who started, you know, booking us some better shows and yeah, it's just yeah. like, I mean, we could go through the whole, like all of the years or whatever, but uh, eventually like, I feel like your skill kind of catches up and like the best thing that we can always do is focus on the music as we've gotten bigger and like worked really, really hard at it. Um, I feel like the right team has kind of come around us um, like to a point where we finally, we can trust that we have like good booking. We have good management, um, you know, stuff like this is set up, uh, <laughs> you know, that's great. Um, but yeah, doing it those first couple of years and I, w- I would, I wouldn't wish it on anyone. Like I don't, yeah, think, it's hard to I, start a band. <laughs> no, I don't, yeah, yeah, and I don't know if it is that hard anymore. Like if someone just wanted to release music and see where it went, like, yeah, but we did have that mentality of like, we have to grind it out and yeah, it's like, yeah, you can grind it out all you want, but if you're somewhere in West Virginia where no one is at, like, no, it's just not your, it's not that you're bad. You're just not in the right place, you know? <laughs> Mm-hmm. you gotta uh, put yourself in the right place i guess that's what you guys did with touring i yeah i think i think now we have to rely on others to put us in the right place <laughs> and, and now we have a team that yeah you know chooses quality over quantity which was not mm-hmm. um not our approach to begin with no <laughs> the other way around it is interesting though i mean for for as long as there has have been bands up until this point, I feel like that has been the model that has worked, but we were all in the weird flux of, you know, obviously it wasn't like the internet was just coming out, but it was like this new model of Spotify, this new model of streaming. We were trying to figure out, I mean, we just weren't trying, we weren't being smart about it necessarily. We just were following everyone that came before us and thinking that that's what we had to do. For sure. That's probably the best advice I could give like a young band now. It's like, okay, just like. Just put stuff out on the, on Spotify. Put stuff out and where it goes. Yes. See (laughs) see what happens if there's interest, play a show, you know, like two blocks away from your house, you know, like don't go, (laughs) don't go somewhere really far away. I, um. There is part of me, though, too, that is glad we did that because it just got us into a, I don't know, it got us ready for tour really early on to where mm-hmm. now when we've been on like bigger tours or like quote unquote real tours, we know the drill, you know, where oh, we yeah. didn't come into it super green or anything. Yeah. Um, I feel yeah. like we've right. Met- and I think that's going to be a problem with artists, especially with like TikTok and everything else that's blowing these bits. Ba- artists and bands up like one song will just go crazy and then it's like well i've never i've never even played a show you know like something something like that could happen and i feel like that was happening a lot in the beginning of 2020 with yes people being home and then tiktok becomes deal and then yeah uh like palfu for example he had that huge song he had never even played a show and i don't think up until like the mid mid 2020 he had never played 
He had yeah. like the biggest song on alternative radio. <laughs> it is really cool. I feel like knowing how to handle yourself on stage is a whole other skill set of and and knowing how to perform live is totally different from performing uh digitally um mm-hmm. so i yeah i'm glad that we got that kind of under our belt very quickly um it just mm-hmm. it's funny like we would have shows back then that were kind of good and i would think like oh we made it you know like we'd we had a show at like the hard rock cafe in chicago <laughs> and like my family like half my family got to make it up for it and i was like wow we have a packed room and hard rock cafe. It doesn't even matter. That's my whole family, you know, <laughs> but I guess it's just a couple lessons, but yeah. Sure. What was like the first, would you say like a big, like milestone moment was for the band? Uh, like Fun. milestone. Yeah. Yeah. Like, like early on, like what was there I, like our, a victory that you were like, okay, this like we really need to keep pushing this forward. And I think our first like quote unquote break was uh we got on bunbury yeah. 2015 which is a, a big festival they do here in cincinnati mm-hmm. uh you know it's not bonnaroo or anything but it's that quality and caliber of festival with really good mm-hmm. acts and headliners i think we usually played like paramore and the avid brothers and young the giant wow. i think Apple boy was on it that year so it was a really big deal and uh we submitted and got on it in 2015 and we just ended up playing like the best time slot yeah, that yeah. a band our size could have played and at that point we'd already had a okay amount of success you know when we when we played in cincinnati, cincinnati. or columbus we would mm-hmm. get like 100 or 150 people coming out but then all of a sudden we just like they gave us this time slot where no one else was playing so i remember we got out there and we're i was setting up my pedal board and then I just looked up and it was like 2000 people. And I was like, holy shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It, yeah. It was just like at that moment, by far the biggest crowd we'd ever even seen from a stage. And we were yeah. like, okay, let's do this. Um, yeah. We, I think we, we lucked out regionally a lot. Like yeah. we look, we look, that was our big break probably for Cincinnati or, or at least one of them. And then up in Appleton, Wisconsin, they have a festival called Mile of Music. And kind of on a whim, we played that one year. I mean, our booking agent, I guess, at the time got it for us. No, I, that was before that we was had a booking you? agent. Yeah. That was him. So yeah. uh, <laughs> he, he called me on the phone. Dude called you on the phone? Yeah. Like a serial killer. Yeah. All right. Um, no, I don't know. Uh, but, but as soon as we played that fest, it's just a cool festival, you know, like it's not a big one at all. It's just, um, the whole town kind of comes out and supports it mm-hmm. in bars and breweries and, you know, Wisconsin people are really nice and crazy, um, and really fun. But as soon as we played that show, like we had a really good following up in that area and still to this day, um, we do. So like, and now what feels really good is that like our markets are a little bit more expanded, but it still feels very regional. Like it feels like we can do really well here in Cincinnati. We can do pretty good in Indy. We can do really well in Chicago. Um, and we just came off of a tour where we did really good in Denver and, um, or was it Denver? Yeah. Yeah. Denver. Um, and yeah, it's just, um, those markets that like, 
keep on getting more, they keep on getting more and more important um, as we go. It, it kind of feels like home is in these kind of spread out places, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. when the, I mean, you must be used to the like put record out tour record tour, you know, mentality of, of how bands did it. Yeah. yeah. Years ago. <laughs> and then like the right. pandemic happens. How, how do you pivot in, in, and continue forward i don't is i don't know if it's a pivot as much as like what we did for this latest record um was you know like we did a lot of it like this is my studio in my basement where we're mm-hmm. sitting right now and nate has a studio and we kind of just threw ourselves into it and learned how to produce and learn how to make songs and build songs by ourselves but like to me what is always important is having a product so whether that's the record or whether that's an EP or whether that's a single, um, you know, having that and then being able to tour off of it. I don't know. Do would you agree? Like, I, I think the touring part is just like secondary. It, it's almost just, re- it's not secondary, but mm-hmm. it's responsive. Yes. It's like yeah, it, yeah. it has to be one, you, I, ha- you have to be performing something. And I think that, first performance it does happen in the studio i think that was maybe the biggest pivot we've made in the last two years now since the beginning of 2020 uh for a long time we were just such in that road mentality that i think we were putting out albums to tour um Mm -hmm. and at the beginning of 2020 even before the pandemic we kind of pumped the brakes a little bit and we're kind of just thinking you know let's take a while to really just like make an album not to tour on but like make an album that is cool and that mm-hmm. something that's like really artistically creative that we enjoy and has some heavier meaning going into it and then the pandemic yeah. happened and yeah. it was like now we have all the time in the world to do that um and so that's kind of been like the right. biggest pivot is like like you said i think now all of our touring is totally responsive to the music that we put out and not the other way around. Cause before, like, if you go, we've talked about this before too, a lot is if you go into the studio with the mindset that you're a band, um, you're going to sound like a band. Uh, like you're going to sound like there's the drums, there's the guitar, there's the bass, and that's how you built the song. And there's nothing wrong with that, but that's what we had been doing. Uh, and we were three records in and not that anything was stale necessarily, but, something had to change just like everything, you know, has to change, uh, as you kind of grow up and you get mature and, uh, get mature. And, um, but I really feel like now when you enter the studio, not like it just works for me or it works for you. It seems to have worked for us of like just entering the studio as an individual wanting to make the sounds that you want to make specifically and then try to find the collective uh in what the other people maybe in the band or maybe just starting out it just needs to be me and nate on something uh you find that sound and then you can build a band around it um as opposed to coming in and making the band first. Um, you're so limited in that way because you're like, well, we can only mm-hmm. do many drum parts here. Or we can only do so much with a guitar. No, like I think we've learned from different 
modern artists now like like it's almost taking um taking a cue from like the TikTok bands or, or something like that. These people that are just really good at sounds um, and really good at provoking a certain feeling with, with music. Um, I think that we learned how to do that because we're provoking that thing on stage. Um, we just need to learn how to do it a little better, maybe um, in the studio. And yeah, I, I hope that's what we did with, I think, I think that's what we did. Yeah. yeah. Do you think that because of the pandemic that helped that uh, approach? Hundred percent. As far as like, you, maybe you weren't able to get together as a whole band and go to the studio. Yeah, like that? yeah, for sure. It um, it I, modeled that life for us. Yeah, well, it, <laughs> and it made it too. Like right. <laughs> before, when we go to record an album of ten songs, we would we'd maybe write like eighteen you know, and choose. Okay. And so this just gave us all the time in the world where it was like, you know, we wrote a, so many songs and we're able to like narrow it down and, and learn things from the songs you write and don't use. And um, it just gave us a lot more time to like explore and experiment with what the actual songwriting process is. Mm -hmm. And uh, I think we were able to really dig deep and get somewhere new with it and make it feel fresh and, and fun again was this record you guys recorded it yourself is that what you said yeah. earlier was this the first time you've ever done that yes yeah. what was that like i mean did you have a producer or was it all just done by you by yourselves we had a producer for drums oh okay everything else we did ourselves. wow yeah did you enjoy uh, that process so much yeah yeah i think parts of it were frustrating um and you actually threw yourself into it a little faster than I did. And I played catch up. It's like, it's just like learning a new instrument, like learning how to produce is like literally learning how to play the guitar again or something. It's, it's just like, you know, everything that goes into it, it can be as simple as you want it to be. And it can just be for demos or you can go like, cause we had done that before we had demo out, demo out our own stuff and then go to a studio and have the producer take care of it or have us all take care of it together. But it's amazing for how much control it gives you. I think it's, it's not something to take on lightly necessarily cause uh, it, it is a lot, you know, but uh, for us, it allowed us so much like freedom of what you're talking about and, and freedom to express exactly how we wanted to, not to mention that, you know, since we were all going through this weird time together, I think whatever was like, I think that's why music and art is blowing up so much right now is because whatever artistically we can say about what we've been going through this last two or it will be three years, right? Oh, God uh of the pandemic or two two just two okay but um two. yeah it's kind of just yeah i think it's crazy but yeah yeah and um i was gonna add something to that Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah well i was just gonna say like we didn't come into it super green either right like we'd been sure. in bands and we've been in and out of studios mm -hmm. so like we knew how things worked we knew yeah. how to we knew what mics were sure. good and how to like mic up a guitar mm -hmm. cab and things like that. Um, yeah. But it was just really like what he said, we had only ever really done little demos for ourselves and hadn't 
really dug into like actually a full production. I remember the cool thing about it was like at first the scary thing is that there's no one else in a room with you. Um, and when we were doing some of it at first, we would get together. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, you know, now we more so flesh out a song and then present it to each other. But it's so weird when there's not someone there to tell you that wasn't the right take. You need to take a, you need to do that guitar take again. And then you start wondering, like, why? Why do I have to do that? <laughs> like, I really like the way that that guitar take sounds. And I know that I messed up, but it sounds so cool. Um, and, and you can take that, you uh -huh. know, and you can apply it to anything and, and you can, yeah, you just realize how much creative freedom you have going into it. And, um, you know, like, I don't know, I'm sure there are stories of like bands doing this and it's like the worst record they've ever done or something, but like, I feel like for us, it was just, I think the I more and more it's, I, I see it becoming the norm, honestly. Oh yeah. Um, just with music making music has become so accessible for just anyone to do which i think is a great thing um mm -hmm. because you mm -hmm. we've found a lot of really creative and really cool stuff because of that yeah it also really saturates everything so like there's a lot of good stuff there's a lot of bad stuff too yeah but um <laughs> yeah. yeah but that's the that's their prop but like old guys are always like yeah, you can do. Yeah, anyone can do it now. But like, yeah, that's the thing. That's not, awesome. Anyone can do it no, now. <laughs> that is yeah. awesome. Like, but that's the thing is like, not everyone can do it. Like, there's a lot of people that think they can do it, and it's that not, is true, and it's not good. So like, you can separate the bad art from the good art. Yeah. Like, like anyone can do that. Everyone so. can go and play basketball, but apparently not. Not everyone is show me right. Not everyone can make the middle school team. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Dude, look at this. <laughs> I juked Bobby so hard out there that I actually ripped through my shoe. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> I know that this is an audio cool. format for the listeners. They can't see that, but just, I just know that he he juked well, right. We use the video too. We oh, use okay. the video. Okay, cool. <laughs> so those of you who are watching it, I mean, it's obviously on an audio stream too, but those are, you could go and watch the video and see the actual shoe destroyed. Yeah. Um, <laughs> well, so you guys, you've, you've played some, obviously done some shows back uh, within the last year or so you have, you're playing tomorrow, right? In Nashville. Yes. Yeah. yeah. We did a, a tour okay. um, through like end of August through beginning of October. That went really well. And then, yeah, we're playing a show tomorrow in Nashville. And on Monday, we're opening for the Lumineers in Chicago. I saw that. That's huge. Very excited. That we're, is we're mentally I'm preparing. Sure. <laughs> well, and you're doing Shaky Knees, which lineup is insane this year, too. Yeah, we are. That's pretty exciting. Pretty exciting. Yeah, that's really, really cool. Someone, someone was congratulating me on shaky knees, but it was like the same week that we had gotten like the Lumineers and all these other like things that aren't even announced yet. I don't think. And like, I was like, yeah, shaking knees is going to be great. Shaky knee, yeah. It's kind of like, like, yeah, we have some other things that haven't been announced. So I kind of forgot about shaking. Knees, yeah. Honestly. Honestly, <laughs> honestly, like, I mean, I, uh, I understand Which tells you how cool the things coming are. Well, but. yeah. I mean, I understand the gravity. Yeah. Now, now I'm all like, intrigued. <laughs> yeah, we'll, see. we'll see that is rad yeah you guys are playing the day with green day yeah oh yeah same stage too are you really that's yeah. awesome 
Yeah. Wow. And uh, Billy Joe's kids band is playing with you guys too. Ultra Q. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, his younger son. He's got two two kids and bands. One's in Swimmers, but right or something like that. I'm sorry. I think one of his kids' bands is Water Parks. I could be wrong. No, Swimmers. 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 That's right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> he was so, yeah. So his yeah, his older son's in Swimmers. He's a drummer, but his younger son uh, is in a band called Ultra Q, and they're playing the same I day didn't as know you that. guys. Cool. Yeah, cool. and he's the singer and guitar player. Nice. That's cool. Yeah. That'd be cool playing the same festival as your dad. Yeah, I know. I wonder if if his dad will come out with his band, or you know, who knows? Maybe you'll see. Yeah, no, he'll play like a side stage. <laughs> <laughs> um. Well, that's right. So, you, uh, how how is it coming back to the to touring after you know everybody was stuck inside for a while? Was it a pretty emotional experience, or? Yeah, it, I mean, it wasn't like riding a a bicycle. Like in some ways, it was, but. I feel like it's so different now, like, and things are just now starting to feel a little bit more normal, but I, I hate using that word. Cause I don't know what that means anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know what normal is, <laughs> uh, <laughs> but at first I think like we were timid and I, I think even people were timid to come out, but man, we've just seen great responses and we've seen, you know, you know, we've, we've even been encouraged by all the places that are requiring vaccination cards and stuff like that. And, um, so yeah, I don't know. Hopefully it keeps, I don't think coming back to it, it was like riding a bicycle. I think it, it took a little bit of time and and I think it's still taking like a little bit of an adjustment. Cause when you're alone for that long, just playing like, like imagine that freedom of having whatever you want to do with the song when you're making it alone. And then you have to, there comes the time where you have to release it and perform it and give it to other people live. And it's just like, I don't know. It's, it's heightened sense of things, I think. So it was, um, we also tore in like a very rough way where, or a very frugal way, I should say, (laughs) where we, uh, we have some bunks built into our van. So most nights we're sleeping for free in like a Walmart parking lot or something, um, which like pre pandemic we were pumped about just cause mm-hmm. we were saving so much money. But then on this last tour, it would be like, we do two or three nights in a row in the van and we'd be like, man, we like, can we just get a hotel for one night? <laughs> like, <laughs> I think we were robbed of our youth a little bit. Yeah. It felt like, you know, it wasn't just a year that was taken away from us. It felt like it was longer. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> Well, it's it's amazing that everything's back, you know, opened up and, and shows and festivals. I mean, Shaky Knees has got to pull what hundred thousand people, I'd assume, or close to it. And the fact yeah. that these big events are happening is pretty promising. Yeah. I think so. Yeah, we got to play Lollapalooza. Um, oh wow! Yeah, last year uh, it was like it was a crazy story. It was literally the day before Lollapalooza. Um, there was what a cancellation or something. Yeah. Our booking agent called Nate, Nate called me and he was, you were like, uh, we got to know really quick, but do you want to play Lollapalooza tomorrow? And I was like, uh, <laughs> yes. And like, I don't know for those things you need like a month or two to prepare for mentally, but right. We just went for it and we ended up getting a really cool time slot and I don't know. It was, it was a fun experience. Got yeah. to hang out for a few days, um, meet some people that were really cool and 
you know, meet your heroes. So uh, big, big stuff like that. Like I'm glad with shaky knees, we have so much time before it to let it actually sink in that we're playing it. But yeah, when you figure out the day before, there's just no time no. for it. Right. So, yeah. You can't even like, master. so like even like after we played, I was like, did we, that just happened. Like we yeah. did that. I don't even, we've, we found out about the Lumineers thing like two months ago and I don't even feel like that was enough time because no. now I'm like, that's in a few days. I need it to be in like three months from now. Yeah. <laughs> you, is it, do you like really real on the fact that you're, you have these big shows coming up then it sounds like it's not like, Oh, we're the Lumineers. Yeah. It's cool. Like no, yeah, like yeah, these yeah. stages versus it's a very like, big deal for us. Yeah, no, it's, it's huge. It's like, and we've never been in spaces that big um uh-huh. yeah so and and especially that prestigious i feel like we've played some shows that were pretty big but you know this is the lumineers and uh and it's in chicago and i you know obviously being from chicago it, it's important to me but it's just like oh yeah it's uh it it's amazing and so i try to keep my energy down <laughs> because because <laughs> people are like aren't you excited i'm like yeah but you understand excitement means more than just like happy <laughs> like, right right right, right, right. Means fear and <laughs> anguish and scared and yeah so we'll see how it goes i'm pretty the place that you're playing with uh lumineers is that a venue that you attend as a kid like is it a i've never been there no oh, never okay there. um it's the aragon ballroom yeah it'll but, be the biggest room we've ever played and apparently it's sold out it is sold out that is amazing well congratulations yeah. on that that's gonna be huge thanks yeah. i think it really sold out like when they put us on it the must show. have it, yeah i definitely they need that extra 100 people push and uh, <laughs> <laughs> for the five thousand cap that's cool man that's really really cool and i appreciate you, you both doing this interview thank you so much yeah oh yeah absolutely man for sure yeah. I have one more question. You kind of uh, answered it earlier, but um, I want to know if you have any advice for aspiring artists. I know, Bobby, you said if I was going to give advice, but um, I don't know if you. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> if you guys have any advice you'd like to provide a, an aspiring artist. I don't know. I think like just stick with it. it it's like um, I've met artists now, like younger guys that will, you know, they've literally asked if they should keep doing music or go like be in a realtor or something. I think someone asked me that in Denver. <laughs> I was like, here's the thing. Like you can be a really good real estate agent if you go to realtor school um, or you can give it like five to 10 years of your life and be a really, really good uh, band. Um, and I think that's the biggest thing is like, don't worry so much about what you're playing, but how you're playing it. Like that's the biggest thing is just commit to it. You know? Yeah. I think to focusing on the actual art of it and uh, making sure you are, you get to a point that you know how to write a good song before you start trying anything else. I yeah. feel like any young artist wants to just like, you know, get up and play a show. Um, and I think that's changing more nowadays yeah. anyway, but like, you know, really just taking time to write a bunch of songs yourself yeah. and like explore that. And cause and that's see what the, happens. cause that's the product. Like I, yeah. I, I think when people, people are going to make you want to think that you're the product, like the band is the product. And to an, to an extent that's true with branding and stuff, but 
I think what it comes down to and what we have finally continued or what maybe we've continued to learn over and over in the process is that like one really, really good song really changes things um, for yourself and for, you know, hopefully your audience.